me, how many love Shagoon? Just, let's just start there. I love Shagoon. Like, he is, he is the easiest person to love. And I love Bimpe. I love their kids and their family. They're the easiest family to love. I mean that with all my heart. Y'all are so easy to love. So easy to be around and to love and to want amazing things to happen for. And you are a gift to the house, your whole family. Bimpe, you're quiet. We're going to hear a lot from you in the future. You're going to preach the gospel. I see it. I'm telling you. Uh, Faith, same for you and Daniel. You guys are amazing. And you're, you're great friends and you're great friends to this house. And I'll say this, I want to say it publicly, because you were faithful to my father, and I, I love that. I love you for that. I really do. So, all right, that's enough of that. Shagun's going to bring us the word of the Lord today. I'm excited, so would you just honor him as he comes up? Shagun, we love you. You want to hear? Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for another day. We thank you for this opportunity to be in your presence. I come before you today uh, to talk to your people. I just want to share a testimony. And I'm asking the Holy Spirit to help me. Just take my tongue and speak. I don't want to do it by flesh. I want to do it by the Spirit of God. And I ask for your help right now. Everybody hearing me, I ask that every single thing that I'm going to say today, we unlock secret compartments. <laughs> what you've been waiting for, what you've been looking for, what you've been seeking, I pray right now that the Holy Ghost will open that door of understanding of spiritual misery. And let God take all the glory. In Jesus' name. So this morning, I'm really excited to be here talking today. Like I always say, I don't take it lightly anytime I'm called up here. Um, that means God wants to say something. And today, I'm just going to be sharing one out of many personal testimonies and my encounter and relationship with the Holy Spirit. You see, <laughs> Jesus said, abide in me and I will abide in you. You see, we don't really know what that means until you start experiencing it. And I always say this, when you ask God's will to be done in your life, be careful what you're asking for. Yeah. Come on. Because it's going to take over if you let him, and it's going to direct you the way you're supposed to go. Yeah. Right way. But only if you let him. Yeah. You see... This is kind of hard for me, but I thank God that the Holy Spirit is helping me. This is about something that happened at my job. You see, this has been going on for years. And if you walk customer service, you know, you relate with the public, 
You know, it's not easy. Because sometimes that's not really who you are. You see, the company wants you to always be polite to every single customer. They always want you to do things their way and this. And, and sometimes, you know, it negates the will of God in your life. But what do you do? That's your source of income, right? You just have to abide. Yeah. Come on. A certain fellow normally comes, one of our customers, and I'll tell you right away, this guy is obnoxious. I'm telling you. Crazy fellow, always talking trash, cursing, and it makes you feel little. You know, there's somebody that if things don't go right the way he wants, he starts yelling, and there's nothing. I'll tell you right now, there's nothing you can do. So over time, you know, we just started ignoring this guy. Whenever he comes, nobody wants to go. I know you have people like that at your job, you know, that you attend to. Oh, here he comes. You know, you don't want to go there. But you are forced to. So if you... We try to just ignore and just let it pass. And it says we're not caring. If you try to be a little bit confrontational, it feels, you know, it just gets angry. And it gets really mad. So we're all just waiting. You know, whenever it comes, just put it at arm's length. Nobody wants to go there unless you are forced to. So we just go, oh, you know. You put that face. That is not who you are. You have to put like a shield. Yeah. And you smile, even though you don't want to smile. You know, you start, you know, just being nice and doing all that. This has been going on for years. So one day, this guy came. And he said, the Holy Spirit has been dealing with me. So I'm like, okay, whatever. Yeah. When the guy came... He said, my flesh was like, oh, oh, God, here he comes. Holy Spirit, I need your help. And the next thing, I went into prayer mode, you know, started binding and unbinding, you know, doing, you know, stuff like that. And the guy came. The transaction happened. He left. And when he left, the Holy Spirit just told me, spoke to me, don't condemn him. Give him hope. Yeah. Show him love. Agape love. And I was like, ah, okay. <laughs> I'm like, okay. You see, that just came like that. I heard it, and I couldn't brush it aside. I just kept on doing my thing. But... Throughout, you know, my shift, I felt very uneasy. There was something about that speech. I've heard so many things about love, about agape, and all this all my life. Yeah. But this time around, there was something different. I prayed about it. You know, like, human being, I came up with defense. You know, the Holy Spirit brought me down. You know, we started going back and forth, back and forth. And he took me to 
First Corinthians 13. Yeah. Right there. And just look at it. If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but did not love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. You see, I think the message Bible says, you'll be the creaking of a, of a rusty gate. Isn't that creaking? That's what it sounds like. It goes further. If I have the gift of prophecy, and if I understood all of God's secrets and plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I can move mountains, but didn't love others, I would be nothing. Wow. It went further. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrifice my body, I could boast about it, but if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Wow, I have read that several times, but when that came through this time around, it meant something different. Love. You know, Jesus commanded us to love God. The very first commandment, you know, Pastor Jerry was saying this uh, last week, and I was like, whoa. You know, everything I had in my notes, <laughs> he was saying them last week. I'm like, okay, we just have a part two. <laughs> you have to love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, mind, and strength. And it didn't stop there. There, there was a second one. He said the second greatest commandment is what? You love your neighbor as yourself. I'm telling you, when I got this this time around, it meant something different. I knew there was something. So I just, you know, I kept it. I was still, uh, let's see where this would lead. Now, it took me to, because I was looking at love. But, you see, I've heard about agape love so many times. And that's something I love about the Greeks. They have a word, and they can use it for different meanings. And can you believe that love in Greek can be differentiated into like 12 different types of love? Some people say eight, some people say five. But if you look at it, it's between eight and 12. I got them listed here. Let me go there over that real quick. There's eros, which is erotic, romantic love, sexual love. There's filio, which is brotherly love. That's no romance. You just like this guy, you know, you relate on a personal level. There's uh, pragma, which is the bond that kind of matures over the years. So you don't really know this person from the beginning, but after a while, you know, 
you just grow and gradually grow and you just love each other. There's storage, which is love between family members. There's ludus, which is like, it's called a childlike, teasing, playful, kind of flirty love. You see, that's the kind of love in the beginning of romance, you know, when you start dating. That's ludus. Then there's mania. Mania love, <laughs> obsessive love, due to jealousy and possessiveness. You see, you belong to me. That kind of love. I won't let you go. Then there's uh, philatia, which is self-love. That's when you recognize your self-worth and you reflect on your own physical needs, spiritual needs. You know, I just want to be selfish, kind of, if you put it that way. Then there's agape love. Agape, this is self, selfless love. That has to do with the sudden and well-being of other people. Okay, so this is a kind of love that you give to people without any conditions. I'm just going to love you with no return. I don't want anything back in return. I care for your well-being. If you're hungry, I'll give you my food. I'd rather starve than to, for you to go hungry. If you don't have any clothes on your body, I'll take off my shirt and give it to you. And that's the kind of love that God has for us, as demonstrated in uh, Romans 5 and 8, that he gave his son, his only begotten son, just because he loves us. He gave us Jesus to die for our sin so that we can live. So I started thinking about this, and I kind of felt disturbed. How powerful is this love? Because it says, if I, if I have faith to move mountains and I don't have love, then I have nothing. What are you talking about? Yeah. We're talking about faith. Yeah. 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 Wow. We're talking about giving everything you have. You can be a philanthropist. You can do charity. You can do all that. You know, give money here and there, do stuff. But if there's no love, yeah. it's nothing. nothing. How about the prophetic? Look at it this way. You, you have prophetic gifts. You know, you can, God gives you some secrets, miseries that other people don't get. You get it. You see, you possess knowledge. But you don't have love. It says you have nothing. Wow. I was like, okay. And you know, as humans, what happens? We start fighting these things. The flesh starts fighting things of God. So I started like an argument. But, okay, you say I don't love this guy, but I'm exercising self-control. I'm being gentle, I'm being peaceful. Every time he comes, he's always cussing, but I just keep quiet and let it go. And he'll just say, oh, fruit of the spirit, right? <laughs> but it now took me back. It says, fruit of the spirit. What is the very first truth? 
Let's go to the third slide. I like the passion better. That's why I put it up. But the fruits produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all its varied expressions. You see, when I read other translations you just mentioned, oh, you got the nine fruits of the, of the Spirit, love, peace, you know, patience, and you just listed them. But this kind of tells me something. If you look at that right there, it says love in all its varied expressions. So that means it's telling me that love is like has all these things and is linked to joy, is linked to peace, is linked to patience, kindness, all that. So if I'm doing any of the other eight, Without love, it's still nothing. So I was like, okay, Holy Spirit. uh, So what are you saying? Now told me. If you open your eyes, you'll see. Why don't you remove that log in your eyes? So that when you remove it, it will be clear enough to remove the speck in his eyes. Because this guy is a creation of God. And God loves him just the way he loves you. So he can come here and do whatever. That's him. That's his character. What are you going to do about it? Why don't you give him hope? Why don't you give him love? So that he knows. And I'm like, wow. Have you ever been hit by a soccer ball in the face? Oh my God. It was like I got hit in the face. I just went numb and cold. Then gradually, you know, the tingly feeling, the sensation. Then the itchy feeling. Then that warm, fuzzy feeling. And the pulsating, you know, boom, 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 just like that. And I'm like, wow, I'm sorry. There's always room for uh, correction. You see, Proverbs 3 and 12 says, For the Lord corrects those he loves. Just as a father corrects a child in whom he delights. So we should take correction because it brings what? Improvement. You see, the Holy Spirit knows it all. I was still arguing, you know, trying to defend, and, and the Holy Spirit was like, okay, so why did you call me? You called me. You said help, and I'm helping you. So are you ready to change or not? Abide in him. Remember the story of the vine? Okay, this is in uh, John 15, verses 1 through 8. 
Can I put that on the, on the slide, please? John 15. I am the true vine. You are the branches. And my father is a wine dresser. So if there's anything that needs to be done, he's going to do it. He's going to clip it off. It says, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, it takes away. You see, I looked that up because some version said it will be cut off. Some said it will be trimmed off. But some said it will be lifted up. So it kind of makes sense. You know, if you have a plant, <laughs> and oh my God, Holy Spirit is just... <laughs> you know, recently I took up uh, like gardening. And I just did it, you know, for two reasons. Number one, we can't have pets. I grew up with pets. I love pets. But we can't have pets because they cause allergies. Um, my wife is usually allergic to you know, anything with fur. It doesn't matter if, he's, if it sheds or doesn't shed. So we cannot have pets. At some point, we had a fish. But the fish kept dying, you know, you know what I mean? So when the kids come, oh, what happened to the fish? You know, I would have gone to <laughs> PetSmart, <laughs> I will get another fish, put it there. How come the fish is, it used to be red, it's now blue? Oh, don't worry, the color just changed. You see? But now I'm like, okay, if I can't have those, at least I can have some plants. And they're easy to maintain, right? So... Apart from that, my mom, she loves gardening. You know, she loves taking care of, you know, animals and stuff like that. So I'm like, when she passed, I was like, okay, let me just keep this on. You know, just as a memorial, kind of. You know, just my pastime, I'll just do this, you know, get some plants. So I started collecting all these plants, and I've come to realize something. You see, there are some plants that are good for the shade, and some, very good, and they thrive well in the sunlight. You see, there are some that love boats, like a little bit of boats. So my very first mistake was that all these plants, I, I just planted them, I put them in uh, like little pots outside in the backyard, and they started dying. And I didn't understand it. I watered them, I do everything, I... I do it the way I'm supposed to do. Why, why are they dying? Then I realized, okay, maybe they don't like the sun. So I moved them. So when I moved them, they started growing better. Yeah. There were some that were in the shade, and they started dying. So I moved them to the sun. So like you have to kind of play with these things. I've lost so many plants, though. <laughs> just experimented but I get it now but what I realize is that 
for you to be fruitful, for you to bear fruits, God has to work on you. You know, some kind of job has to be done. You can be somebody that bears no fruits or some fruits or much fruit. It's so funny the way, you know, the way I just, uh, I was, the Holy Spirit just <laughs> was messing with me when I was reading this. And if you look at that, the first two verses, I'm the vine, I'm the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, it prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You see that more right there? Yeah. You see that progression? Yeah. From no fruit to more fruit. But what caused that projection? Because of that pruning right there. You see yeah. the pruning? So correction. God wants to prune us. There are some things that we feel is normal. Oh, everybody does it. Every... It might not be applicable to you. Yeah. And maybe that's where we're not bearing fruits. I know sometimes it could be, you know, scary at times. Oh, when I do this and I have to be prone, it's going to be scary. You know, we have all these cars, you have all that. But just do it. Even it makes sense. You see, what I discovered is that if you plant something and on this particular branch, if you have so many uh, leaves just bunching together, gathering together, what happens? You see, you're not giving them enough room to expand. So if you trim just a few limbs off, although you know, you're cutting it off right now, but you're not killing the plants. You're just giving it room to grow. And when it grows, the fruits become bigger, have more quality. But you have to go through that pruning. And pruning is not fun. Now, look at five. You know, we're going from no fruit to more fruit. Look at five. I'm the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. You see that? Yeah. The progression. No fruit, more fruit, much fruit. So what's the difference between the more and the much. We're doing the pruning there, but what are we doing here? We're abiding. And what does it mean to abide? It means I'm going to stay there. I'm going to build a permanent residence in the Lord. I'll stay here, I'll live here, I'll dwell here, I'm going nowhere. Because he is my source. If you keep reading, it says, when you take yourself out, 
you are nothing. And you cannot survive. Because he is the living vine. So the moment you are still attached to him, he's going to be supplying you all the nutrients and ingredients and everything you need. It doesn't matter how little. We want it really quick. We want to bear fruit quickly. But he knows what he's doing. So today, if he's drinking Coke, guess what you get? Coke. Tomorrow, if he's drinking uh, Sprite, what do you get? You get Sprite. So you get varieties. But you leave. You do not die. See, it came to a time that I realized, you know, some things that were happening in my life were for that moment in time. You see, I didn't really know. Something just happens. I just brush it off. I brush it off. But when it got to that point and it said, love him, give him hope, it unlocked the key. And I went, wow. You see, when you invite God into your life, it can reach you in any way. And most times, it's going to reach you from where you don't expect. It's going to send somebody that you least expect. Many times I'll be, okay, God, I'm waiting on you for this, so I'm looking high. I'm looking high. Oh, where is it? When is it coming? I want to bear fruit in this area. Where, when is it coming? And the fruit is right here. You see, the bearer of that fruit is right here. I overstep. I don't even look. So God said, love this guy. Show him agape love. Come on. And that opened up something. Wow. So all this while that we're praying and doing all this with no love, that meant nothing. Now, you see, that verse now makes sense. That you can do all these things in my name, (laughs) but I I never knew you. And I was like, God, I am so sorry. And I repented I ask for forgiveness. And ever since then, it's been, I've been, my life has been like an onion. Just opening up, you know, peeling up. You peel this layer, you peel this layer, and something else pops up. And I'm like, God, what is going on? Like, you asked me to intervene, right? Just relax. It's like going on a roller coaster. And God is telling me, I need you to trust me because I'm going to be your silk belt. I'm going to be your harness Come on. so I can hold you down. Everything looks crazy. You know, the up and down. You feel dizzy. You feel that. But guess what? I'm holding you. So if you abide in me and I abide in you, hmm. it's just the beginning. Let's conclude this. All right, let me brag a little bit about verse 7. 
Um, okay, let me read from the. Um, let me read from the Passion translation. It says, "But if you live in the life union with me, and if my words." live powerfully within you, then you can ask whatever you desire and it will be done. Did you get that? Yeah. If you live in life union with me, that means if you cleave to me, you see, that's abide. If you, if you just stay with me, I know it's crazy right now. I know things are not, you know, what it seems like. But I do have a plan for you. Come on. I do have a plan for you. Only if you hold on. Come on. But according to the plan, you have to do some trimming. You have to do some pruning. Now, let's make it personal. You know, there are some people in your life that God is telling you, you need to prune away. Even in our families, in our circle of friends. Because those people, they're holding you down. You got this potential. But the moment they're still there, right there, you know, you're not cutting them off, you're not doing anything, you cannot get to your maximum quality. You cannot bear the fruit like you're supposed to. Not only that, it could be a job, it could be a relationship, it could be anything. But there has to be some pruning. And pruning is not fun. God knows how to put pieces together. And when he does that, it takes out what is not necessary. The final piece is going to be a masterpiece. And that is God's masterpiece. And that is what abide means. So if you abide in him, and he abides in you, you are getting everything you need. And it's all about love. This all started from love. Agape love. So this morning, as we're rounding up, let's stand up. What is God telling you about your love for other people? What is God telling you about bearing fruits? Do you need to be lifted? Do you need to be pruned? Don't look at what is going on now. Just look at the purpose why you were made.
And that, if that is not done, you cannot get your full potential. Are you abiding in him? And is he abiding in you? Those are questions that we need to address. Is there anything holding you back? Just think about it for a moment. He has come to give life and give life more abundantly. So that means we don't have to strive. I don't have to kill myself doing all these things. I'll just hand it over. Submission. Are you ready to submit it all to God? Even when you submit it to God, it's going to find some things that need to be corrected. Are you ready for correction? Are you ready to give him your full attention? And are you ready to take action? We are the salt of the earth. We don't want to lose our taste. Because when we lose it, we get trampled upon by animals. So what are we going to do about it? We're just going to submit to God. Let his will be done. So I want us to be in prayer mode right now and just, you know, talk to God. He knows you more than you think. So he knows who is going to send to you. The greatest mistake you'll be making is to overlook who he sends. There's a divine appointment. There's an appointed time. Habakkuk told us that. And the time is now, and the place is here, in his presence. Father, we come to you. <laughs> we know we are a broken vessel, scattered into pieces. And you can fix us back. You can put all those pieces back together to make a masterpiece. We submit ourselves to you today. Come and walk on us. Let the Holy Spirit walk on us. Let the Holy Spirit begin to unlock all those eating areas within us. The things that we don't want to refer to, the things we never want to talk about, the things we don't want to remember. How are we going to fix this if we don't give it to you, Lord? 
Father, we bring everything before you. We lay them at your feet. You know it all. You are the omniscient God. We ask that you make us see reason to trust you. Father, we want to bear fruits. If we have no fruit, we want to bear more fruit. If we have more fruit, we want to bear much fruit. Father, let there be a progression in our lives. And this is only possible when we submit to you. Help us to abide in you. Help us to stay in you, to dwell in you, no matter what. We ask you to be our anchor in the storm. Father, we thank you for everything you're doing right now. We thank you for the lives that you are changing. We thank you for the chains and shackles that are being broken right now. We thank you because there's going to be a revival. <laughs> we just thank you, Lord. We see it coming. We expect it. And we thank you in advance. And above all, Father, we want you to take the glory. We want you to take that glory, Lord. And we just bless your name. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Well, thank you guys, people online. <laughs> we are a praying church, and we are fire life, so we have to be on fire. So if anybody needs prayer, you know, just come to the front. We can pray for you from a distance. Nothing is off limits when you open up to him. So I want to thank you. I pray you have a very wonderful week. I pray that the Holy Spirit, you know, just holds your hand and direct you. Open up all those locks, all the things, the mysteries that you've ever wondered about. And may you have a wonderful week.